For the gospel reading, I'll be reading from Luke chapter 4, <coughs> 1 through 13. And at the end, I'm going to say the gospel of the Lord. And your reply will be then, praise to you, O Christ. So I know because if one, we're getting the habit, I'll say the gospel of the Lord. You go, thanks be to God, because that's how we normally do it. But instead, I'll say the gospel of the Lord. And your reply will be, praise to you, O Christ. Oh, yeah, O Christ. So let's try it one more time. I have to, it's right here printed, because I, I need it printed too. The gospel of the Lord, praise, praise to you, O Christ. Christ. Let us stand for the gospel reading. Luke chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to Jesus, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. But Jesus answered again, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led Jesus then to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. But Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left Jesus until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Have you ever had to prove yourself? I bet you have. Maybe it was to get into college. You had to pass a test, you had to send in a great application, and you needed wonderful references. Or maybe it was to get a good job. You had to turn in a top-notch resume, and you had to nail the interview. Or maybe it was to win the affection of your future in-laws. Flowers for mom, and a good handshake for dad. Looking him straight in the eye. At least that's what I did. I, I grabbed really hard. <laughs> All of us, in some way or another, we've needed to prove ourselves. In order to graduate from seminary, I had to pass a formal review by three professors of the seminary. One my advisor, and then two other professors. And I remember being so nervous about this. Everyone said, oh, it won't be a problem. But I was nervous. And so I pulled out my Greek flashcards. Maybe they'll test me on that. I looked at the early church histories, and I thought to myself, what are those early church histories again? I kind of forgot them, but I need to remember them. So I, I put those back in my head. I started thinking about theological terms, and we would review them. I started talking, thinking about the Bible. I even prayed longer than I normally did. Anything and everything, just so I would be ready. But it's terrible, because, because I, was, I was so nervous about this review, so nervous about proving myself, I lost sleep for about two weeks because I wanted to pass. I mean, I didn't want to waste all that time and money just to go back to them again. 
I think all of us have had a, sim a similar situation where we've been so nervous trying to prove ourselves. And I share this with you because in our reading from Luke, that's exactly what the devil's doing to Jesus. He's testing him. The word temptation is really test. He is testing Jesus to prove himself. And what's so important is in Luke 3, two things happen. In Luke 3, Jesus is baptized, and when he comes out of, the, out of the water, the heavens part, the Holy Spirit comes upon him, and God from heaven says, You are my son, my beloved, in whom I'm well pleased. Then Jesus is driven to the wilderness. But in the Gospel of Luke, what he does is he then gives a genealogy of Jesus, lists all the people Jesus is related to, and then the very last thing in the chapter 3, the very last word says, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Okay, so twice in that chapter, you are the son of God, and then the son of God. And so what does the devil do to tempt Jesus? In verse 3, and there's no ch chapter breaks in the original language, right? So there's no like, but just three verses down, the devil says this, if you are the son of God. And then way down in verse 7, um, if you are the Son of God, or verse 9 it says, if you are the Son of God. So the test, the temptation is, Jesus, God has said you're the Son of God. Jesus, Luke writes that you're the Son of God. Jesus, are you really the Son of God? Prove it. That's my test. Prove to me that what God has said is true. Prove to me, the devil says, that you really are the Son of God of God. Prove it. That's the test. That's what the temptation is all about. Now, isn't the devil, though, terrible? I mean, he always finds the right time to tempt Jesus. He's been tempting him for 40 days. Jesus is in the wilderness. No one's around him. He's, Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. And what does the devil do? First temptation there on that last day, the 40th day, hey, Jesus, you know, turn the stone into bread. I mean, that's just how the devil is. He knows where we're weak. He knows when we're hungry. He knows when we're delirious. And that then is the place that he attacks. Martin Luther once said, you know, the devil takes no holiday. He never rests. If beaten, he rises again. If he cannot enter through the front door, he enters through the rear. If the door is locked, he breaks through the roof or digs under the house. He labors until he's in, and once he's in, he desires to ruin you. Isn't that the truth? That's what the devil does. Now, in our passage, the devil waits for the 40th day, and there's theological significance, right? 40 days, wilderness, that jumps way back to Deuteronomy. The Israelites were in the, the wilderness for how many years? 40, right? So ding, ding, ding. In fact, all of Jesus' response to the devil's temptation He's quoting from which book? Deuteronomy. In order to make a theological statement in all this, Jesus is the true Israel. Jesus is going to do what Israel couldn't do. Israel was the faithless son. Jesus is the faithful one. Right? So that's the theology. But does the devil care about theology? I doubt it. He just cares about ruining someone. And that's what he's trying to do with Jesus. So when Jesus is hungry, 40th day, when he's at his weakest, when he's most vulnerable, now the devil puts him to the test. Temptation one. Jesus, 
If you are really the Son of God, prove it. Prove it by a display of power. Jesus, in the wilderness, God made manna appear. Jesus, you're in the wilderness. You're hungry. Show me that you're the Son of God. Turn the stones into bread. No one's around to see it. Just do it. Prove yourself to me. Of which Jesus says, man shall not live on bread alone. Temptation too then. Jesus, if you're the Son of God, prove it by being worshipped. I mean, surely God deserves to be worshipped by all the nations. You claim to be the Son of God. That means the nations should worship you. All you have to do, Jesus, serve me, and I'll make all the nations worship you. And when they're worshiping you, Jesus, then that will prove that you are the Son of God. Isn't he tricky? <laughs> to which Jesus responds, Worship the Lord, your God, devil, and serve him only. So the third temptation, glory. The devil takes Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple. Jesus, prove that you're the Son of God. Jump! God would not let anything happen to his son. If you're really the son of God, and God's really your father, he's not going to let anything happen to you. So jump! The angels will catch you, just like scripture says. Devil's tricky that way, too. And if you do, and the angels catch you, then everyone will see it, and Pontius Pilate, and Caiaphas, and the rest will have to call you son of God, and they can worship you in that place. So do it! Prove it to me! Prove it to them! Prove that you really are the Son of God. To which Jesus finally says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Do you see how in all these temptations, it's really a test to see if Jesus really is the Son of God? That's what the devil's doing. And yet, all throughout the Gospels, the devil's not the only one who tests Jesus if he's the Son of God. What does the crowd say of Jesus? If you are the Son of God... Give us a sign. If you give us a sign from heaven, we will worship you. If you give us a sign from heaven, we will follow you. Just give us a sign, Jesus. One sign. Prove to us that you are the Son of God. Or on the cross. What did the people say? The crowd said, he saved others. Save yourself, Jesus, if you really are the Christ. Right? Prove it to us. Show us, Jesus that you are the Son of God, that you are the Christ. Give us that sign. Are we any different? If we're honest with ourselves? Don't we want Jesus to prove himself to us as well? Jesus, if you really are the Son of God, then give me that job. Jesus, if you're really the Son of God, heal my loved ones. Jesus, if you're really the Son of God, if you're really Lord, if you really care for me, then... And you fill in the blank. Have you ever prayed that? I have. <laughs> I mean, oh, even over trivial things. I remember I was water skiing once, and it was an air chair. And I wanted to get this air chair, and I was like, and I finally, after an hour of going up and falling over, and going up and falling over, and having water through my nose, I was in desperation. And I'm a seminary student. I'm like, God, if you love me at all, just help me. <laughs> 
how we are. Just give us a sign. Prove it, Jesus. That's what the devil's doing in the temptation. Prove it. Give me that one sign. Show us that you really are the Son of God. But what would happen if Jesus did prove himself in this way? What would happen if he turned stone into bread? What would happen if he was served? What would happen if he jumped and everyone saw it? Then what would the world do? They would define Jesus by those things. Jesus, you're the one who, who turns stone into bread, so you must be the bread king. And since you're the bread king, go around and start feeding everyone. Or Jesus, you're meant to be served, so guess what? You sit there and let us all come and worship you. Or Jesus, you deserve glory and honor and fame, so that's again, we'll come and we'll worship you. That must be who you are. But isn't Jesus more than that? I mean, those are, are cheap parlor tricks. I mean, Walmart, if Walmart wanted, could feed the world. I mean, they really could. America could feed the world if we wanted. America's not God. Walmart's not God. The Queen of England gets served by many people, bowed down to. She's not God. And let's talk about glory. There's no one in this world who has more fame than Tiger Woods. He's not God. I mean, what the devil's asking of Jesus, what we ask of Jesus is a cheap parlor trick. Show us a little thing. But Jesus says no to those things. Jesus says no to the devil. Jesus does not test the Lord our God. Why? Because he is not a God of the bread. He's more. He's the Son of God. And he allows his obedience to God to define who he is. The obedience that the Apostle Paul speaks of when he says in Philippians 2, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. That's the kind of son he is. That's the kind of king he is. He's a good son. He obeys the father. He will do what's needed. If that means dying for the world, that's what he'll do because that's who he is. Is he the bread king? No, he's the king of kings. He's the king over the grave. I mean, if he can feed you every day of your life, but what happens at the end of your life, you still die. But if he dies and he conquers the grave, He's doing that so he can conquer the grave for you because that's the kind of king he is. In fact, it's no accident that when you're reading the Gospel of Mark, no human being calls Jesus the Son of God. The demons do, but no human until one place. It's when Jesus is on the cross and he dies. And the centurion says, truly this is, or this was, the Son of God. Don't you see? That's what defines who he is. Not the cheap parlor tricks, but death on the cross because he's not the king of bread. He's the king of kings. He's the king of death. He's the one who conquers the grave. That's who he is. Oh, the devil doesn't like that. The devil would give Jesus all the glory in the world that Jesus wouldn't actually die on the cross. Now, what does this mean for us as we enter Lent? And what does this mean for us for our future? 
It means so much. It means that whenever we are tested and tempted by the devil, and guess what? We are all the time. We have an ally. We have someone to call out to. Jamie read it from Hebrews chapter 4. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of needs. If you're being tempted by the devil, call on God. Call on Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, you know what temptation's like. Help me. Help me, please. Of course he'll hear that. Even more, what does this mean? It means that, that Jesus is able to do what none of us were able to do. He passed the test, but he did it for us. Think way back, Adam and Eve couldn't pass the test. Cain couldn't pass the test. Israel couldn't pass the test. We cannot pass the test. But Jesus passes the test for us. And why is that so important? Because whenever the devil's accusing you, saying, you know, you're not a good Christian. Oh, you have way too many sins in your life. You're so bad. You could say to the devil something like this, devil, I hear your accusations. Guess what? I've committed more than you've ever accused me of. Write those down too, devil! But also, put this down. I'm united to Jesus. He passed the test. I don't have to. And because he passed the test, because I'm united to him, I get to go on his back. I get to hold on to his robe. I get to go with his credentials. So devil, take your accusations and choke on them. I don't need to prove myself to God. You do not need to need prove yourself to God. Christ proved yourself to God. You're righteous, innocent, blameless. You're going, am I really? Yes, you are. Not in yourself, but in Christ. He passed the test. But there's something even deeper, a deeper truth yet for all of us to hold on to. This temptation of Jesus is really a temptation, a test, to see if God's word is true. When the devil says, are you really the son of God? He's really saying, can you trust what God has said? God called you the son of God, but can you really trust that? We're back in the garden. Did God really say isn't that where we all find ourselves between these two voices? God has said, you are my child, and the devil says, really? Don't you see, by Jesus proving that he's the son of God, he's proving that God is no liar. That what God says is true. And why is that important? Because in the waters of holy baptism, God has said, you are mine. You belong to me. You will die and you will rise from the dead. We're at the communion table. I am for you for the forgiveness of sins. God is not a liar. His word does not return void. It accomplishes everything that he intends it to accomplish. That's the good news. He has said that you're his. Which means you are his. End of the story. 
And that's why even in Lent, you say 40 days. The 40 days, they do not count Sunday. You never think about that. It's not Sunday. Why? Because on this day, we celebrate a greater truth. Not that we're penitent. We celebrate the truth that Christ was penitent. We celebrate the truth that Christ was victorious. We celebrate the truth that God's word is true. Which means we are holy and righteous and triumphant. I wish I could shake it into you. Yeah, that's right. Surely what this That's it. And it's because of what God has done. And so we gather this day. I want to end with this. You know that interview I had to go on or that review? So I walk in and my stomach's nervous and I want to talk and my right leg, if I get really nervous, starts to shake and it was shaking. That's why I like a full pulpit so you can't see my right leg. <laughs> So I'm nervous, and you hear this? That's my <laughs> My professor saw that. And he said to me, he goes, Russ, sit down. Sit down. Now I'm getting really nervous. He goes, you passed. Don't worry about it. We know you. We care about you. We know what you've done. Don't worry. Now talk with us. Let's have fun in this. Tell us what you've learned. Tell us how the gospel's come alive in the last few years in your life. Share this. There was no test at all. I had passed. All that worrying was for nothing. And that's how it is before God. As we stand before God on that last day, he looks at you and says, John, you passed. Chuck, you passed. Shirley, you passed. Jamie, you passed. Leon, you passed. You've passed. And you're going, well, how did I ever pass? Because of Christ. He passed it for you because he passed it. You can hold your head high. And so on this day, as we come forward to this meal, we come forward for forgiveness sins, yes, but also we come forward because it's a foretaste of that great party, a foretaste of God's yes towards you, a foretaste that his word is true, a foretaste that he's the king over of kings, and he's the king over death. A foretaste that the devil does not get the last word, but he does, and his last word towards you is, yes, you are mine. Come to me. In Jesus' name, amen.